Thank you for downloading the sermon podcast of Calvary Chapel of Mercer County. Enjoy the message. Genesis 42. Mark, what happened last week? Uh, Genesis 41? Yeah. <laughs> we had uh, Joseph was brought before Pharaoh and interpreted Pharaoh's dream to Pharaoh's liking and was put in charge of everything that had to be done for the prepare for the famine. Mm. He's back on top of the roller coaster. Yeah. <sighs> Down from accusing of touching the wife to back on top because he's got some sweet interpreting skills. Mm-hmm. Um, Not he, but the God he yeah, serves. Yes. <laughs> the God he serves. Um, great, so that's kind of where we're at, uh, small group, so you guys just, uh, I'm sure we'll fly through this, so jump in whenever you have a thought. Um, so, ver- chapter 42, verses 1 to 5, says, When Jacob learned that there was grain for sale in Egypt, he said to his sons, Why do you look at one another? And he said, Behold, I have heard that there is grain for sale in Egypt. Go down and buy grain for us there, that we may live and not die. So ten of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt. But Jacob did not send Benjamin, Joseph's brother, with his brothers, for he feared that harm might happen to him. Thus the sons of Israel came to buy among the others who came, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. So, at the end of chapter 41, you guys read last week that the at first... The famine was kind of interpreted to be just in Egypt uh, by Joseph. Yes, that's right. There's a lot of names here. So, by Joseph, he interpreted, you know, I don't uh, know exactly the verse, but he said that the, the famine would be for seven years in Egypt. And we see in 41 that it's kind of regional, but even says that over all the earth. Um, and so... The fact that Jacob is sending his sons to buy grain 200 miles away shows that that's actually the case, that it's uh, at the very least regional. Um, but who's to say there, there may have been a worldwide famine at the time. Um, so that's you know kind of just evidence for that, um, which is just good to note that when they say Go down and it's not around the corner drugstore, right? It's yeah. uh, 200 miles or so. Um, and that's probably, you know, if you're working at 20 miles a day, which is a pretty good clip, you know, 10 days mm-hmm. of travel. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, just evidence for that. We also see that Jacob protects Benjamin. That's kind of noticed in these first five verses. Why would... Benjamin be protected out of 12 brothers. Because he's, he's the last of his beloved sons with Rachel. All right, let's see that chart. Is it on there? I put that picture in that. Let's see. That? The last of Rachel's sons. There's only two. Yeah, there it is. All right, so you see his four kind of people that he had uh, sexual relations with. Uh, you know, there's two servants, but then Leah and Rachel were his wives. And you see the pretty Joseph's nice robe and Benjamin. Uh, so 
Benjamin, you know, even though he's not, he's the youngest, but he's not, uh, the only thing that's particular about him besides being the youngest is that he's Rachel's other son, and Rachel was obviously Jacob's favorite wife, uh, his beloved wife, uh, and so since Jacob's working under the impression that Joseph is no longer with us, uh, so to speak, and was, uh, sent or killed off, uh, in the wilderness, that he's thinking Benjamin is his only lineage from Rachel, and uh, he must protect. And so this is, you know, this all happens within pages, but how old's this is twenty years. Joseph yeah. when he uh, gets Becomes sent out when he when Joseph gets sent out to the seventeen yeah seventeen it says. Or and if you kind of work backwards with the math, it ends up being 20 years later that this has taken place. And so, despite it being 20 years later from his apparent death, uh, you know, he is still kind of hurting with this thing. You know, you don't, yeah. it's hard to read in exactly what his emotions are. You know, I think that's kind of a dangerous thing to start down, but... You could definitely see that he's got some emotions towards this situation. It's not like he's moved on and is completely healed from the loss of his son. He's he's really like sounds very bitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if what it what the emotion would be, but it's something that would kind of require him to like, yeah, you all go, but don't send him. I don't want anything bad to happen to him. Uh, he's still kind of working in fear. I mean, just the way he starts out, why do you look at one another? And yeah. I can just envision it like being condescending. Yeah. I can definitely see this whole play out in my mind. Well, okay, so, and also set that in stage as far as, like, so, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, I mean, those guys are, those guys are well into their 30s, 40s, maybe in 50s, so, it's, this chick is an old man. Yeah. So, yeah. for them to look to him to provide, that's kind of stupid. Well, that's a good I mean, point. they're yeah. grown-ups, and they have yeah. families of their own now. It's like, what are you looking at me for? You guys are grown-ups. Yeah. You yeah. know, go do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good thing that I didn't think about. But, um, so, uh, you know, maybe an embitteredness, um, sent, but he sends, anyway, he sends them down to, you know, go make that journey. We, we, word is travel that there's food down there, um, Go and get it. Um, six to nine uh, says, Now Joseph was governor over the land. He was one who sold, he was the one who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed themselves before him with their faces to the ground. Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he treated them like strangers and spoke roughly to them. Where do you come from? He said, They said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. And Joseph remembered the dreams that he had dreamed of them. Flashback. It's like that, the wavy, yeah. you know, the... <laughs> 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 powers. Yay. <laughs> so, if the, the verse is Genesis, or the chapter is Genesis 37, where Joseph's as a not-so-subtle younger brother starts to say these... he First, he brings a bad report about his brothers, 
and that stirs up the pot. And then he starts having these dreams, and he realizing that he might not, you know, he might make someone mad. He starts to say these things, even to his parents, um, and they are like, "What? We're not going to bow down to you. You're like, at that point, the youngest child. That's before Benjamin." Um, but we can see that it comes to fruition 20 years later. Um, and, you know, if we kind of like first initially put ourselves in Jacob's shoes, his emotions, uh, his older sons coming to ask him to provide and all that, his, his hurt towards Benjamin and Joseph. Now we're going to put ourselves in Joseph's shoes. And the, imagine like the roller coaster he's been on since this point, 20 years ago, where he gets sold off, left to die, and you know he has that flashback as soon as he sees his brothers walking up. He has a flashback of as they bow down, like, oh my, like that was from the Lord. Like, what, you know, hey, just one more point on Jacob too. Is his line, um, "Go down and get grain that we may live and not die." Think of where he was when he came into Canaan. He was like a prince. He yeah. had everything. Yeah. And now it's the point of, this is the distinction between live or die, whether you guys go down and get grain. I mean, that seems like a huge, yeah. huge yeah, fall. Huge and there's not a, you don't sense a lot of faith here. No. <laughs> yeah, all. and we kind of hit on, we'll kind of hit on that at the end, but, you know, in Genesis 28, it's that promise that the Lord gives to, right. to give to uh, Jacob, that I will not leave you until I am done doing this thing. You know what I mean? Um, and obviously he's not done yet, but Jacob has long, like, said, oh, this is it. Like, you know, even his language gets even worse as we go on. Yeah, let alone, let alone we're not even going to live, but we, there's no way we're going to inherit the land that yeah. God promised. Yeah. So... You know, jo can, you know, picture the scene. Joseph's easily dressed in, he's the governor, he's dressed with authority, looks authoritative, standing probably at a higher level than anyone walking up to him. Maybe he had one of those funky Egyptian mm -hmm. beard yeah. things. <laughs> Got some makeup on probably. Uh, you know, looking out as people kind of approach and look for food and, you know, seeing his brothers kind of start to approach, bowing down to their, like, you know, I can't imagine the flood of emotions right there, right? Panic, anger, confusion. What do I do? Are they going to recognize me? You know, how dare they? You know, like a, a burst of anger, right? Where's Benjamin? You know, he knew his younger brother at that point, right? And so, uh, you know, where is he? Is he is he okay? You know what I mean? Like, just like kind of like the flood of emotion as they're walking up. And it's like, what, what does he do? Because he's clearly human, right? What does he do in response to that? What, what's the normal human response? Get him back. <laughs> yeah, vengeance. Yeah, vengeance, I would easily say. Um, well, on a minimum, he probably would have said, hey, you know who I am? Yeah, boasting, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Look what, look what happened, you know? Mm -hmm. look, tables have turned. Right. You know, that kind of talk, right? He could have also been thinking, did you guys off Benjamin, too? Maybe. Oh, that could be too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. certainly. You know, but, you know, if I'm sure that word has traveled that the famine's bad throughout, but, um, I don't know. Like, so, 
he could have. I think he was probably shocked to see. Yeah, it. like that's yeah. what I'm. I don't thinking. think he like, ever expected to exactly. see. Exactly, he again. wasn't like one day expecting that they're gonna come. He probably like long forgot about that dream that he had. Like, yeah. they're all gonna bow down to me. Look, and they sold me off. And I like, what kind of dream was that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so he's probably like long forgotten about that stuff. But it comes back to him, and you know, the interesting thing is. You t- I hear a lot, um, you know, as I talk with folks that I'm friends with from, you know, high school and stuff like that, that, that there's a difference between, they, they kind of say, like, there's a difference between the Lord of the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, not a different Lord, but, he's, like, he acts differently. It's like, and I would say, like, this is one of those accounts where you can clearly see that his nature is the same. Um, and kind of like the way Joseph responds to this whole situation. Because, the, you know, the Lord in the Old Testament and the New, quoting the Old, says almost exactly what Joseph does. In Proverbs 25, if your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. So the human response is vengeance, right? Boasting or uh, pride, right? Mm-hmm. The Lord's response is, look, if he's your enemy. You're supposed to treat him with love and, and, and honor that person. In Deuteronomy, is it not laid up in... This is talking about the enemies of the Lord. Is not this laid up in store with me, sealed up in my treasuries. Vengeance is mine and recompense for the time when their foot shall slip, for the day of their calamity is at hand and their doom comes swiftly. Like, it's not your job to get them back, right? And then Paul in Romans 12 quotes both, both of those. Both of those verses he quotes. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, for by doing so you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome by, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. It's... You know, Paul's saying that it's not even just enough to give the vengeance to the Lord, like, to be neutral in it. He's saying, like, you got to go far, like, beyond, right, walk the extra mile, go beyond just being neutral and actually go and love your enemy. Um, and, you know, you guys kind of know the story of what's going to happen in the account. You know that it's going to be like, Joseph was scorned by his brothers who will end up being their savior. You know, like, you know that's going to take place. And so, it's just one of those times where I really feel like the character and the nature of the Lord is is true in a very, like, you know, Old Testament account as it is such in the, like, you know, New Testament teaching, so to speak. I find it hard for people to say that, though. Because if you really read the Bible for what it says, instead of just the, you know, the the snippet version, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, God is love. He's definitely love in the Old Testament. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, but God is also just. Oh, but he's God of justice in the Old Testament. Okay, well, let's take a look at Revelation. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hide, us, hide us from him. Hide us from the fury of the Lamb. You know, it's just, that's, they, you know, if you don't want to take that, sorry. Yeah. And the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven. That's Romans, beginning of Romans. I would say that's, that's the, when I say that's the, that's the type of person I'm talking to that is, is just uh, defending their, worldview, so to speak. Um, so, uh, the person that, you know, really isn't reading it to, like, what's the Lord say about himself? Right. Is, mm -hmm. uh, I think you're absolutely right that he is justice and love in both the Old and New Testament. Yeah. But it's a, good, it's a good principle across the Testaments about vengeance. That yeah. He used the Israelites, definitely, but that was a different yeah, and I think, context. And it's one of those ones that because... You know, like, it's one of those principles that, you know, teachings, commandments, whatever you want to call it, that it's so far against our nature yeah. that it's hard to even teach that to the point where someone could, like, uh, you know, it just has to be the Lord that teaches someone that. Because if it's not, if I'm just telling you, like, no. You know, I know you're getting a divorce, but, you know, love your ex-husband. You know what I mean? Like, love them well. Like, no, he did this to me. You know, you know, there's so much emotion there and bitterness that it just, it has to be the Lord that kind of sits that on someone, um, you know. Mm -hmm. We're just, we're called to do what's right, what's not what's natural. Mm -hmm. Um you know, in, in Titus 2.11, it says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope. I, but, so how do we respond in unnatural ways? How do we, like... You know, this is not a natural way. This Joseph's not responding in a natural way, and he won't be responding in a natural way. I I wrote down three things, and I think they're pretty simple. <laughs> um, I think a right understanding of who we are. Um, I think of Galatians two twenty when I think of that. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live; it's Christ that lives in me. I think a right understanding of who God is. I don't think there's really words for that one. <laughs> um, but if you just go with omniscient, omnipotent, mm -hmm. omnipresent, uh, it's a good starting place. And then uh, humility towards the Spirit of God. And for that one, I thought of 1 Corinthians 6. And do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you are bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. And that one's like... It's... He's talking, you know, First Corinthians, he's talking about sexual morality surrounding that, right? So, you know, lest we take it out of context, right? But I think the point he's trying to make is 
listen, like, if you believe in the resurrection, if you believe that the resurrection is kind of like that crux that uh, distinguishes uh, a, a Christian worldview from every other worldview there is, and is like the, the, the foundation for like how we can have new life by this sacrifice, if you believe that, then you got to understand that you are no longer, like, you're no longer you. You were, you're, you died, Galatians 2.20, you died, and now you've been raised up as a new creation, and that creation was bought with a price, and it is not yours. And so, like, in this world of individuality and, you know, subjectivism, yeah, that's it. Sounds like the transformation that happens when a caterpillar, you know, becomes a uh, moth or a butterfly. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, butterfly. They're they're, they're nicer looking. Yeah, very much nicer looking. <laughs> and they don't eat your clothes either. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, th- those three things. I think you know. Obviously, they're they're kind of big picture principles, but I think, you know, at, if, if, if you personally or you know someone that's struggling with that, loving your enemies, and they have kind of this embitteredness towards someone that's really hurt them, um, like this exact circumstance, um, I think probably one of those three things is there's something wrong with one of those three things, where they don't see themselves in an appropriate light, they don't believe God is who He says He is, and then, or they're just not really being humble to like understand that that the Spirit of God dwells inside of them and it's His temple, not their own. So, um, just three thoughts on like how that would even be possible to respond in such an unnatural way. Um, any other thoughts? Well, just last week that we touched on this whole idea of Old Testament versus New Testament saints. It's obvious that there, the Holy Spirit had to be working in Joseph or else he wouldn't have responded this way. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, he, and he obviously didn't learn his morals from his great family experience. So The apple fell far. <laughs> so there had to be some other driving force in his, yeah. in his character. Because he was a sinner just like the rest right. of us. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the word speaks nothing badly of Joseph, which is remarkable. Yeah. Even though we can look at these things and say, why didn't he tell him right away? Because he does, he does, well, we're going to read now what he does. You'd be like, that's a little mean. You know, know, I was, I was like, as I was, you know, kind of preparing for this this past week, I was looking, you know, because we've been, you know, talking a lot about Abraham and stuff like that leading up, obviously. And as I've done the studies where Abraham was part of it, you know, the New Testament has tons to say, you know, about Abraham. And and Joseph's really, like, besides, like, one, maybe two parts, you know, he's not mentioned much in the New Testament. It's like, you know, and you're saying, like, why? Like, obviously, this guy, like, had some really great and noble responses that we could follow. And, you know, I didn't, until you brought it up, I didn't really think about saying it, but 
Abraham's kind of shtick was faith, mm-hmm. right? He had this faith that, um, mm-hmm. you know, to be the, the father of faith, you know, that he, he was the first one to kind of go to the calling. Um, and because our salvation is not dependent on works and how we respond to certain things, you know, I, I just got to think that faith has to be kind of, even though Abraham messed up a bunch too, faith you know, that's kind of be the central, mm-hmm. it's got to be faith. Because if, if the only thing was Joseph, right, if, if you take out Abraham and he says Joseph, and we all know we're not going to meet that in all times, in all situations, and we'd be like, oh, the Lord hates me again. You know what I mean? He's against me. I didn't respond to well. I just yelled at her. You know, yep. something like that. So, well, it's even it's even more so because Joseph loses. He's he he does lose his identity as a tribe, right? He becomes he becomes Manasseh and Ephraim. And there is no there is no tribe of Joseph, you know, post the post the uh, mm. exile, right? Yeah. So there's no there's not even I mean I mean obviously they they recognize that Joseph was the father of Manasseh and Ephraim, yeah. but he's not even named in the you know the stones that the priest wears. Mm-hmm. His name isn't on there. It doesn't say Joseph and yeah. the, the banners and the camps and all that stuff. There's mm. no fan of there's no. So he's just a guy that did what he was supposed to do. And hmm. Now, my take on this scenario, like, when he first encountered, I think he's just setting him up just to, like, make surprise at your brother, like, in a, like, like in a good way. Like, I, I just, I'm going to tool him a little bit, but, like, huh. I think he was, like, ecstatic to see his brothers. Yeah. And, again, you know, but for the Holy Spirit, you see it come out. I mean, we're going to get there. You see it yeah. come out, but you got to wonder, just like telling him the dreams, was he doing it in complete innocence? Everything would seem to suggest it otherwise, but I know for myself, if that was me, I'd be like, okay, do I have an ulterior motive right. for not telling them right away? Or do I have an ulterior motive for telling them the dreams that they're going to bow down or their shoes are going to fall down? or you know? Well, I mean, his character, like I know mine, like... Being married makes it easier in the lust category. Not easy. But if I'm a single guy and this hot chick hits on me, I don't know what I would do. Sure. Where he just was immediately from out of here. Mm. <laughs> he just like, he, right. he, he yeah. was like, I'm not having this. Yeah. That's a that's a remarkable, you know, account of integrity. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, me, roll the dice. You know, if I'm filled with the spirit that day, yeah, I'm running away. But if I'm leaking, <laughs> you know, I'm or could, I'm gonna I'm gonna get accused anyway, so I'm right, gonna do it. Right. You know, <laughs> you know. But I mean, I, that's a remarkable account of you know one of us who you know just was without question just overcame something that right. that I can I'll say I'll say that all guys struggle with you know yeah. and. Oh. He was able to, you know, just flee from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but you know, I, you know, be, I guess before we start to see kind of his plan play out and his, his, you know, his kind of weeping towards uh, the situation, 
I gotta imagine this initial moment is just a flood of emotions, right? Yeah. And just, you know, mind-boggling on where do I, what do I do? Are they gonna recognize me? What are they gonna, you know, oh, you know, a lot of stuff going on. But, um, so, you know, we'll just continue in verse 9. And Joseph remembered the dreams that he had dreamed of them. And he said to them, you are, sm- you are spies, for you have come to see the nakedness of the land. They said to him, No, my lord, your servants have come to buy food. We are all sons of one man. We are honest men. Your servants have never been spies. He said to them, No, it is the nakedness of the land that you have come to see. And they said, we, are, we, your servants, are twelve brothers, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And behold, the youngest is this day with our father, and one is no more. But Joseph said to them, It is as I said to you, you are spies. By this you shall be tested. By the life of Pharaoh, you shall not go from this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of you and let him bring your brother while you remain confined, that your words may be tested, whether there is truth in you, or else by the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies. And he put them all together in custody for three days. And so, you, you know, you wonder, you know, about how many people, how many foreigners are coming to buy food. I would suggest, I would probably think a lot, but he's certainly treating them, these guys, probably differently than he treats everyone else, right? Um, so, you know, you don't know if there, it says there was other people there, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, in the... In the yes, well, he, he has the, most of the people that come to buy these, the, um, the grain are foreigners. These are, these are family, and so he, know, he knows them. Not as well as he'd like to get, but he know he so he know. Then if if some uh, some person just walked in off the street from uh, from another country and said, "I need to, I need to buy some grain." These are these are family here, and he knows somewhat about his brothers, but uh, he's getting to uh, to know their motives and. Um, and and the way they he's getting to, to know their, their motives and personality more. Now he missed a big chunk of their their lives and vice versa by the um, each other's actions. Mm-hmm. So, but he he wants to make sure that his brothers um, have changed and are not the same people that did this to. I feel that did in my opinion. Have changed and um, not going to pull and learn their lesson. There's a difference in selling in selling in selling to uh, some, owning a business and selling some some or leasing something to someone you know, a family member or a friend, than there is just leasing selling or leasing something to some schmo who just comes in off the street and uh, you don't know them. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, I assume that Egypt was the only place in the world at this point that had food. Mm. So you have desperate people. Yeah. I'm sure there may have been invaders. Yeah, true. That maybe tried to come in and, you know, said, well, can we <laughs> take this? I mean, it, yeah. I think it's clearly, I think it's logical that he may have done this with other people. I mean, this may have been just a test for his brothers, but... Yeah, I don't think you just dismiss it as just purely a test. I think 
this kind of stuff may have happened. Mm-hmm. Or he's or he's setting the stage. I mean, he already knows what's gonna what he's gonna do. Yeah, he totally knows what he's gonna do. Um, I think it's like it's like setting the scene for like everyone kind of being below, you know, like a deck that they're like giving food away or like they're selling food off, and uh, you know everyone's around there, and all of a sudden he like points at them. Yeah, you guys are spies. You know, like freaking out, you know, um, like going to the airport and TSA point pulling you aside. You know, <laughs> been selected yeah. for special screening. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but there but, was this like confession here. Yeah, yeah. And 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 when you when you kind of when we get to the point where they talk, they they kind of recount this whole story to Jacob. It's a there's li- a little bit different twist on, on on the amount of questioning that there was, but they definitely kind of like in a in a moment of like, oh, we just got to be flat honest with this guy, you know, because. We're in their land, and they got the swords. Kind of idea. Yeah. Um, let's just, you know, let's just tell them how it is, because they're and they're also not thinking that they're talking to the one that. Oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, but the nakedness of the land obviously refers to scouting Egyptian kingdom for weakness, particularly because of the famine, um, which, uh, like John said, I'm sure that there actually was that too, um, and. You know, at this point, you don't know what his actual plan is, even though he's he's definitely creating some time to think about this, right? Uh, and accusing them as spies. But he certainly seizes the opportunity when he hears about Benjamin. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He hears that, oh, the younger ones with the, okay, they didn't sell him off too, or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he knows that he's alive and probably well. Uh, and... You know, they Joseph initially says, "Y'all got to stay here. We're gonna send one back." And then, as we read the next passage, he ch- kind of changes his mind. Because on the third day, Joseph said to them, after he keeps him in custody for three days, "Do this, and you will leave. You will live. For I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers remain confined where you are in custody, and let the rest go and carry grain for the famine of your households, and bring your youngest brother to me." So your words will be verified, and you shall not die. And he did so. So, you know, he says that he fears the Lord, and maybe that's the reason. But he kind of concedes to sending them all back except one. And Simeon pulls this short straw or whatever. But why do you think Simeon was chosen? I I had had one thought on maybe why Simeon was chosen. You don't think he... Did it say that he, I mean, did it say he agreed? Or that he had volunteered? Or do you think they well, discussed it? I think. Himself? I don't think we got that far. No, we didn't get that far yet. Um, it does say that he was chosen, but I don't think. Well, which one tried to save Joseph? Yeah. Reuben. Reuben did. Whose idea was it to throw him in the pit? I don't know. I didn't <laughs> think about that one. Was it Simeon's? I don't know. I don't know. I. So Reuben, Reuben, we look that up. Reuben slept with his father's wife, right? And Simeon and Levi went in and killed everybody, wasn't it? Those two. So we're trying to figure out back in back in uh, what was that place where they did the 
the killing for their for their sister. Judas said it to the brothers. Let's sell them. Okay. Just. Um, I thought, you know, I thought looking up there, right? Um, I thought Reuben tried to save him, and Simeon was the next oldest, and so kind of like leader of the pack. Yeah. Um, that was my thought. Uh, mm -hmm. You know. Sec they, so Reuben still has some clout, even though yeah. Judah gets the blessing later on. But so Simeon's probably thinking, "I'm the second. It doesn't really matter if yeah. I get <laughs> <laughs> Daddy doesn't love me anyways." <laughs> um, so that's you know I don't. It doesn't exactly say who chose him. Did the did the brothers choose? Did did uh, Joseph say, "Hey, you, you're staying," um, but. Um, in verse 21 it says, any other thoughts? Then they said to one another, In truth we are guilty concerning our brother, in that we saw the distress of his soul when he begged us and we did not listen. That is why distress has come upon us. And Reuben answered them, Did I not tell you not to sin against the boy, but you did not listen? So now there comes a reckoning for his blood. They did not know that Joseph understood them, for there was an interpreter between them. Then he turned away from them and wept. Yeah, so we see the emotions coming out now. Um, so they turn to each other and speak in their native tongue, thinking that, you know, we're just going to have an internal discussion now, not knowing that, obviously, Joseph speaks the same language. Um, and they start to connect their current situation with that of the sin against their brother. And it's like, is this a case for karma? Mm -hmm. You know, I know if we should use that word so much, but um, certainly divine justice. There is that kind of men Eastern mentality, right? In, in, the, in the Eastern culture of uh, reaping what you sow and that sort of thing. Um, uh, that it's going to come back at you. Um, but you know, so again, twenty years—not pages—twenty years have passed from the time that they they did this, and I'm sure it's that thing that there's no one talks about. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? At the campfire, tending to the sheep. You know, someone's like, "What do you think Joseph's doing?" Shh. You know. Right. You know, just be quiet. Well, Joseph's—I mean, his his birthday still comes around once a year. Yeah. And his father goes. Yeah. So I'm sure that it's like that undertone that's just present, that's just remembering their guilt for 20 years. And then this kind of circumstance comes up where they're like, oh no, the governor of Egypt's mad at us and we are in trouble. Um, that it like starts to like, all this guilt like bubbles out of them, right? You know, based on like we know that we're guilty, there's got to be a payment for that. This is it. This is that payment. Um, I don't know what do you think. Agree? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. to, to go back just slightly. Yeah. Yeah. I find this fascinating in verse eleven. We're honest men, your managers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, that's a great verse. I guess honest, well, except for lying to their dad. Honest and just evil are two different things, I guess. Uh, but, uh, 
Yeah, certainly. Um, you just it, it just blows my mind that Joseph responds this way when he hears that even. You know, he's like, what do you mean you're honest, man? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but they know they're guilty. They know they've been guilty for 20 years. The emotions running on full tilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like this thing where we think hidden places of sin in our lives will just like go away. They'll just like, they'll just like disappear. And that, that could be like, we know that they need to be addressed and we don't want them to be. Or we don't feel like they're, they're even like, that's not even, even sin. You know what I mean? Like, she treats me like that. I don't know. So I treat her like, I treat her back like that. You know what I mean? That's not even sin, you know? Um, so there was probably a mixture between the brothers. Obviously, this, this is probably on Reuben's mind since it happened. But you have Judah's the one that said, let's, yeah. let's, oh, wait a minute. Well, they said, kill, throw him in his sister and kill him. Don't kill him and sell him. You know, yeah. I'm sure that various ones of them had different ideas about what, you know, was it really that bad to sell Joseph? Eh, we didn't kill him. <laughs> we didn't kill him, so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We just got rid of the dreamer. What is that about? I think, you know, if the, you know, if 17, you know, maybe early 20s, maybe late 20s for Reuben at the time, you know, that's pushing it, right? Because they probably just had babies back to back, you know. But oh no, he would have been up in his forties, because Joseph was already seventeen. No, at the time where Joseph was seventeen, he would have been in his forties. You think? I think so. Or at least thirties. Well, I was gonna say just okay. like yeah, anyway. as they matured, I'm sure all of them would have moments of like, what was I thinking? It wasn't that bad. You know, they said some stupid dreams. You know what I mean? That's true. Um. So maybe as they matured, they started to have these second-guessing, but anyway. And they may have been honest men at that point. Yeah. Obviously, the background, backstory, <laughs> has some issues, but... Irony. <laughs> right. Uh, right. So, but, you know, I think, I think we're seeing the, the, the overflow of, for 20 years, their peace and joy is robbed. Because they know what sure. they've done to their brother, and they've kept it hidden from their, father. from their father, from the one that cares, right? And they know that. And not only does that rob their peace and joy, in, and even if we want to carry it over today, it robs our peace and joy and our effectiveness. Because if we can't experience grace, how can we, like, offer grace? You know what I mean? I mean, there's clearly repentance yeah. here. Um, and it's typically, like... These times of, like, you know, if we're going to make the parallel famine or, like, chaos in our lives where these kind of hidden truths come out, you know what I mean? Like, people just kind of bubble up and then the, what's really in there starts to come to the surface. I'm, I'm sure, man, you know, probably a couple of you guys have read Mere Christianity. Mm-hmm. There's this quote that I, when I yell at my kids, like, in a, in a sinful way, this it immediately comes to mind every time. I'm going to read it to you, okay? Um, this is C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity. We begin to notice 
besides our particular sinful acts, our sinfulness, begin to be alarmed not only about what we do, but about what we are. This may sound rather difficult, so I'll try to make it clear from my own case. When I come to my evening prayers and try to reckon up the sins of the day, nine times out of ten the most obvious one is some sin against charity. I have sulked, or snapped, or sneered, or snubbed, or stormed. And the excuse that immediately springs to my mind is that provocation was so sudden and unexpected. I was caught off my guard, and I had no time to collect myself. Now that may be an extenuating circumstance as regards to those particular acts. They would obviously be worse if they had been deliberate or premeditated. On the other hand, surely what a man does when he is taken off his guard is the best evidence for what sort of a man he is. Surely what pops out before the man has time to put on a disguise is the truth. If there are rats in a cellar, you are most likely to see them if you go in very suddenly. But the suddenness does not create the rats, it only prevents them from hiding. In the same way, the suddenness of, a, of the provocation does not make me an ill-tempered man, it only shows me what an ill-tempered man I am. The rats are always in the cellar, but if you go in shouting and noisily, they will have taken cover before you can switch on the light. Yeah. And that's like, you know, the suddenness of this whole situation causes like their true identity to kind of take surface. Same thing in our life, right? You know, stress is boiling up at work, someone says the wrong thing, and who you really are, that's what comes out. And that's like, those are the moments that repentance has the biggest change for, you know, the inside, like the heart. Um, certainly, you guys know this, repentance is the way to deliverance from the guilt, not concealing it. These guys are upset because in their mind... Their sin from before is what's causing their circumstances now. That's not repentance, just so we're on the same page. It's very, that's very different than agreeing with God with what they did was wrong, because usually in that circumstance, one's ready for their penalty. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, repentance is changing your mind. What's the word for repentance in the Greek? Metanoia. What's changing a uh, caterpillar into a butterfly? Metamorphosis. 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 That's right. Same root. Right? Mm -hmm. Something from one thing to something completely different. Um, Changing your mind, changing your actions from one thing to something completely different. Not just saying, I'm upset at the penalty of my sin. You know, or the consequences of my sin, but saying, I see that as sin, I see that as you see it. Um, And I think Reuben says something that just spans ages, that there's now a reckoning for his blood. Um, And you guys know that sin demands blood, sin demands a life. It's either from the sinner or from a sacrifice that's appropriate for the sin. Make sense? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that word reckoning. I think that's a real powerful word. Um, and you guys, and we'll go, obviously go into it more, but the one, and we said it earlier, the, they scorn Joseph, right? They scorn this person, and there's a reckoning for his blood, and that ends up being Joseph as the Savior as well. You know what I mean? So it's very... 
much like you know allegory type of picture of Jesus, um, that we put him on the cross, and he's the one that saves us from that cross. Um, let's move on. Any other thoughts about that? Well, just to clarify yeah. that the Greek model of prophecy is prediction fulfillment. The Hebrew model is pattern. Okay, so what do you mean by that? So he's, this is one of, you know, Joseph is a type of Christ. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, And there's another other yeah, yeah. sidebar, but you see that pattern of, of yeah. different people and scenarios that point to, you know, the Messiah doing what he did. Yeah. I got to Matt, you know, obviously it wasn't around in the first, or even before the first century, but in terms of writings that were kind of around and, and being passed on in those gen- in, those, in that time, I gotta imagine that this would be like so distinctly different, like a, an account like this. You mean the Old Testament? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this specific account of of Joseph and the way he responded to his brothers, and like it's crazy for us, you know what I mean? But there's a lot of stories now of good works and stuff like that, you know. I would say like even then it would have to stand out so much, you know sure. what I mean? Um, anyway. Well, it's gut, it's just gut truths, too. Yes. That's why people have said, like, the Islam guy, I think it was the guy that, Messiah? Daniel Messiah. Daniel Messiah. He said, I read the Bible, I read the Bible as a Muslim, and I said, this has to be true, because the Jews would have never written all this bad stuff about themselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> it has to be God's word. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know, but, anyway, verse, we're in 24 right now, and, he returned to them and spoke to them. Um, that would be, uh, who are we talking about? And it says he took Joseph. Simeon. Yeah. Joseph returned and spoke to them. And he took Simeon from them, so he's the one that did it, and bound them before their eyes. And Joseph gave orders to fill their bags with grain and replace every man's money in his sack and to give them provisions for the journey. This was done for them. Then they loaded up their donkeys with their grain and departed. And as done... And as done of them, open, and uh, I wrote the wrong word. And as one of them, not done, one of them opened his sack to give his donkey fodder at the lodging place. He saw his money in the mouth of his sack. He said to his brothers, "My money has been put back. Here it is in the mouth of my sack." At this, their hearts failed them, and they turned trembling to one another, saying, "What is this that God has done to us? What an act of grace!" Um, why are they so upset that their money is back now? Because they're going to think they're going to think that he thought they stole it. (laughs) Or setting them up. He's framing them to get caught later and say that they stole the grain and they didn't pay for it. Right. Shoplifted. Right. He told me he told me they were honest and look what they did. Yeah, exactly. I think certainly um, those things I also had uh they they could also Simeon's not with them anymore. They could have sold Simeon for some cash too. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's what like oh no. We have this money, we don't have Simeon. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh but it's okay, Dad. He was only the second son. Yeah. <laughs> I think probably the biggest thing is that it would look like they stole the grain. Right. And that would not be good. Um I you know there's a there's a thing that kind of like you know in this act of grace 
not only did they all get to go back except one, not only did they get their grain, not only did they get their money back, not only did they, did they get provisions for the journey back, but um, they're, they're like, even in all of that, they're, they're, it says like their hearts failed them. And it's like, I think there's a little bit of a, an under-truth there. Like, I don't think it's necessarily like good uh, Bible interpretation, but I think there, there is a parallel that it is hard to take hold of grace in unrepentant sin. Like, if you're living with that, like, guilt, and you know that you're just not right with the Lord, and mm-hmm. you're holding something back from Him, I think it is hard to, like, accept someone's grace, you know, a gift of grace from someone, or, or even the Lord, right? Um, in Isaiah 26, it kind of, there's a verse that kind of talks about that. It says, If favor is shown to the wicked, he does not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness... He, the wicked, deals corruptly and does not see the majesty of the Lord. It's hard to, like, understand and, and take hold of that as long as you're unrepentant. Any other thoughts? Move on. Verse 28. When they came to Jacob, their father, in the land of Canaan, they told him all that had happened to them, saying, The man, the Lord of the land, spoke roughly to us and took us to be spies of the land. But we said to him, We are honest men. We have never been spies. We are twelve brothers, sons of our father. One is no more, and the youngest is this day with our father in the land of Canaan. Then the man, the lord of the land, said to this, By this I shall know that you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers with me, and take grain for the famine of your households, and go your way. Bring your youngest brother to me. Then I shall know that you are not spies, but honest men. And I will deliver your brother to you, and you shall not trade in the land. You shall. And you shall trade in the land, sorry. Um, As they emptied their sacks, behold, now everyone sees it. Behold, every man's bundle of money was in his sack. And when they and their father saw their bundles of money, they were afraid. They come back and report to their father. Obviously, another little detail (laughs) is um, they found they all have their, they have all the money, not just a little bit. They have all the money. And the other detail is not only will you be able to, like, come back and, you know, keep, but you'll be able to trade as well. Like, you know, we'll invite you to be part of our commerce and stuff like that. So, um, or as long as the famine lasts, right? Mm-hmm. This is only going to hold them for so long. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> moving on in there. And Jacob, their father, said to them, You have bereaved me of my children. Joseph is no more, and Simeon is no more, and now you would take Benjamin? All this has come against me. Then Reuben said to his father, Kill my two sons if I do not bring him back to you. Put him in my hands, and I will bring him back to you. But he said, My son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead, and he is the only one left. If harm should happen to him on the journey that you are to make, you would bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to Sheol. Now, I think this is where his Jacob's language gets a little even more intense mm-hmm. to say that all of this has come against me. Um, you know, God, again, promised him in Genesis 28, I will take care of you. Mm-hmm. I will see this to the end. And um, he is 
easily forgotten. And I, you know, it's only fresh in my mind because, but we had communion the other week and talking about remembering and like, that just has been sticking with me. Like, it's so easy to forget, like on a daily basis. Like, if you just wake up and kind of go through routine, you just kind of forget his promises and you're just like moving along. And all of a sudden you think like the world's against you, you know, and maybe the world is against you, but certainly the Lord isn't, you know? And so, uh, just do something in your life that helps you remember on a daily basis, the gospel. Mm -hmm. Um, so Reuben, that's a quite an offer. Um, you know, being the firstborn, he's probably got some pride issues. I'm a firstborn. Um, kill my two sons if I do not bring him back. Now, let's not forget that Benjamin is a grown man. You know what I mean? Like, he's at least 20-something. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I don't know how exactly, it doesn't say exactly how old he is, but he's in his 20s at the very least. Mm -hmm. um, and so... You know, like, they're treating him like he's, like, an infant child. Like, you know, I'll put him in my arms. I'll take him with me. You know what I mean? I'm sure he's, like, looking at him like, I can take care of myself. <laughs> you know? Uh, but Reuben's offer is his two sons as collateral. Um, so we're going to take note of that. But Jacob doesn't go for it. And instead, he chooses to leave Simeon in Egypt. Uh, we'll figure this out later. <laughs> He's only the second born. So just leave him there. Count the losses, right? Just eat him. I still um, got nine. Yeah. Or what? Yeah, nine. Yeah. Um, let's finish this before the night's over. Now the famine was severe in the land, and when they had eaten the grain that they had brought from Egypt, their father said to him, Go again, buy us a little food. But Judah said to him, The man solemnly warned us, saying, You shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. If you will send our brother with us, we will go down and buy you food. But if you will not send him, we will not go down. For the man said to us, You shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. Israel, Jacob, said, Why did you treat me so badly as to tell the man that you had another brother? They replied, the man questioned us carefully about ourselves and our kindred, saying, Is your father still alive? Do you have another brother? What we told him was an answer to these questions. Could we in any way know that he would say, Bring your brother down? And Judah said to Israel his father, Send the boy with me, and we will arise and go, that we may live and not die, both we and you and also our little ones. I will be a pledge of his safety. From my hand you shall require him. If, you do, if I do not bring him back to you and set him before you, then let me bear the blame forever. If we had not delayed, we would not have returned twice. Or sorry, if we had not delayed, we would have now returned twice. So, you see some... No, now, we. it could be that the first account of their interaction was just kind of like, glossing over details, right? Or they're coming in and kind of like saying like, they're kind of uh, rationalizing why they told him all these things. I prefer to think that, that it was just glossing over details and this is kind of more the account that he questioned us, do you have a father? Where is he? Do you have any other siblings? Where are they? You know what I mean? And now we're kind of starting to see more details of the interaction. Um, you know, so... 
uh, you know, I think the biggest thing here is you see now Judah, instead of Reuben, takes the lead on trying to get this to happen. Um, but what's the difference? He offers himself as collateral, not his two sons, yeah. or not any of his kids, right? Taking the full responsibility on himself versus putting it on two children. Or well, he also didn't say kill. You can kill me. He just he just said I will bear the bear it before yeah. you. So I'm, yeah, unlike putting it off yeah. on his yeah. kids, he basically. Yeah. I mean, but if you're thinking like as a father, right? I'm trying to protect my son. You're willing to kill your two sons, <laughs> like if you don't get my son. Like what kind of like value of life do you have? You know what I mean? You know, so like. I know it's probably just a dramatic flair of like, this is how much I mean it, but you gotta imagine like that's not very smart, you know. It's not a very good value of life. Well, it's a big change for Judah too, considering you went back and saw that he was the one that, yeah, he was the one that sold him off. Let's get him back. Um, obviously, but they still at this point again, just to remind you, they still don't know that that's Joseph. Um, Judah's. Uh, just thinking, I want to get food, and I want to get this done with. Um, yeah. So it's probably sometime later, right? They find out? Months, two months? Uh, oh, that, well, yeah, definitely how long a time the grain lasts? Yeah, yeah. You, so you think, you know... Well, there uh, was a time lapse because they said they could have went back twice. Ten yeah. Of them, ten of them with grain, right? That's a, you know, quite a few bags of grain. Um, donkeys, they probably took more than a backpack, right? Uh, but how big is our family? Extended yeah. family? I know, you know, you're thinking probably in the 60s at least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, 40 went down on all, right? Or 73 went down on all? I think you, at the end of Genesis, you see the number is like uh, 70-ish, something yeah, 70. like that. 70. Yeah. 70, 70, 70 in all, right. So, you know, quite a few of them, right? Okay. So... If the food would probably go fast, you know, if you think like a 10-day journey at the quickest, um, you know, if, if the, he's being accurate and not just saying like, we could have been back eight times, you know, just saying some random number, right? Then 10, 20, 30, 40 days, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, That's a good bubble number, 40 days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should write a book on that. All right. Um, so, uh, so some, t- so, you know, again, Simeon's been there the whole time, just leave him, uh, but now they need to go back. There, uh, he certainly goes for it now. Then the father, their father, Israel, said to them, we're going to jump into, uh, or we already are in 43. Then their father, Israel, said to them, if it must be so, then do this. Take some of the choice fruits of the land in your bags and carry a present down to the man, a little balm and a little honey, gum, myrrh, pistachio nuts, and almonds. Mm-hmm. Sounds delicious. Yeah. Take double the money with you. Carry back with the money, with you the money that was returned in the mouth of your sacks. Perhaps it was an oversight. <laughs> good wisdom. Take also your brother and arise. Go again to the man. May God Almighty grant you mercy before the man, and may he send back to you your other brother, and Benjamin, and as for me, I am bereaved of my children. I am bereaved. So he concedes to let him go. And next week we'll pick up 
with the return trip to Egypt. Thanks again for listening to the sermon podcast of Calvary Chapel of Mercer County. If you would like more information about the church, its ministries, its worship services, or its small groups, please visit ccmercer.com or download the church app to your phone.